everyone and welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing studying through the book of Romans and today we're going to be reading through Romans chapter 14 verses 1 to 12. So just to recap, we just finished reading Romans chapter 13, which was very short. It was only 14 verses and it was very practical in how Christians should view the government and what our attitudes should be in regards to the government also. So I really do hope that you check that episode out. I feel like it was very timely considering how our world is today. But today we're going to be reading Romans chapter 14 verses 1 to 12 and the theme centers on when Christians disagree. I feel like it's a very practical chapter and always so relevant for our everyday life because disunity has always been and will always be a major problem with God's people. In the church and outside of the church, you name it, there will always be disagreement. If you read the Old Testament, you'll see that there were so many fights among families and civil wars. And in the New Testament, there's lots of letters to the churches about division also, because some were suing each other and stuff like that. Like in particular, the church in Ephesus, which is present day Turkey, and Colossae, which was east of Ephesus, which is still in modern day Turkey. They had a lot of issues with disunity and the women in Philippi, which is northeast of present day Greece were fighting with each other and they were splitting the church. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you'd know all about the Jew and Gentile division because I've spoken a lot about that at the moment, which was very hard for them to forget. And also the church in Rome, which is the letter that we're reading right now, they were divided over special diets and special remembrance days. Some people thought it was wrong to eat meat, so they only ate vegetables. And you kind of get the picture, stuff like that, just what to eat, what not to eat. Should we? acknowledge these days or these days or not acknowledge them and so on. You get the picture. There was just a lot of division in the church about a whole lot of different things. If each Christian kept their personal convictions to themselves, there wouldn't have been any problems, but they started to criticize and judge each other and they would say that one group wasn't spiritual at all or not enough and so on. I'm sure you can relate and see that we too today have very similar problems and there are a lot of gray areas these days with the introduction of technology and it becoming more and more advanced because The Bible doesn't have a lot to say about that stuff because it wasn't invented yet. Some activities, though, we definitely know are wrong because the Bible clearly condemns them and says we shouldn't do those things and that they're harmful. And other activities we definitely know are right as well because the Bible commands them. But in the gray areas, like I said, we start looking around for help and because we're confused, we don't really know what to do. And luckily, Paul has given us some principles that we can use. And in this section today, he explains how believers could still disagree on non-essential things and still maintain unity in the church. He gave the readers three important pieces of advice, and today we'll be focusing on the first one because it's a lot. But before I get into it, let's just read the section. So Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 12, and as usual, I'll be reading it in the New Living Translation today, and it says this. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether or not they stand or fall. 
and with the Lord's help they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honour him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honour the Lord since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So this first piece of advice from Paul is to receive one another. Paul was addressing the people who were very strong in the faith, and that is like the people who understood their spiritual freedom in Christ, and they weren't enslaved to any kind of special diet or holy days. The weak in the faith, though, they were the immature believers who felt obligated to obey legalistic rules concerning what they ate and when they worshipped. A lot of people have the idea that the Christians who follow strict rules are the most mature, the most upright, the most holy, but this isn't always the case. In the Roman church, the weak Christians were those who clung onto the law, the Old Testament law, and they didn't enjoy the freedom that they actually had in the Lord. The weak Christians were also judging and condemning the strong Christians, and the strong Christians were despising the weak Christians. So Paul was saying, accept other believers, and he gave four reasons why they should. The first being because God has accepted and received us. It's not our responsibility to decide the requirements for Christian fellowship in a church because only God can do that. To set up man-made restrictions on the basis of personal preconceived ideas or convictions is to go way beyond the word of God. But because God has already accepted us, we need to accept each other. Just because someone has a different idea of ministry that you're in, it doesn't make it wrong, it's just different. And we shouldn't argue over those matters and we shouldn't judge or despise each other about these things either. St. Augustine once said, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. And I think that's very timely for today. In every church, there will be strong and weak Christians. The strong understand spiritual truth and they practice it, but the weak have not yet grown into that level of maturity and freedom. The weak shouldn't also condemn the strong and call them, quote, not saved enough or not real Christians or not spiritual enough. And the strong shouldn't look down on the weak Christians and call them immature. God has accepted both the weak and the strong, and so should we. Another reason Paul gave was that God sustains his own. And here he was talking about when the strong Christian was being judged by the weaker Christian and Paul was saying that this is wrong mostly because it's wrong for one Christian to take the place of God in another's life, which on the flip side should encourage us because our success in the Christian life doesn't depend on the opinions or attitudes of other Christians. Because it's one thing to support, rebuke, teach, or guide others when they slip up or backslide or just straight up sin, but we need to remember what God's word actually says and that God is actually the judge, not us. 
I've said in the previous episodes, and I'll say it again, but Christians should be busy working for the Lord because when you are, you won't have the time or the inclination to harshly judge or condemn other Christians. People who are busy winning souls for Jesus have way more important things to do than to investigate the other lives of other Christians. Another reason Paul gave was that Jesus is Lord. So like I just said, it's one thing to support, rebuke, teach, or guide others when they slip up backslide or sin, but we can't take the place of God. In verse 5, I want to remind you, it says this, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think that every day is alike. You should be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable, which I think is pretty straightforward, but there are some standards and practices that some churches do that are traditional but not actually scriptural. So for example, some Christians don't listen to music with drums because they believe that it isn't right, or they don't listen to the radio because of the Bible verse that says Satan is the prince and the power of the air, or that certain translations of the Bible aren't accurate or orthodox. And I'm sure you can think of others yourself, the ones that you've heard. These are just some of the ones that I've personally heard, but ultimately This divides and weakens the church because certain Christians just won't let Jesus be Jesus. We should let Jesus be the Lord of our lives because our first responsibility is to him, not others. Ultimately, if Christians went to the Lord in prayer rather than going to other Christians with criticism, there would be a lot stronger fellowship in our churches today. This transitions perfectly into the next reason Paul gave, and it's that Jesus is the judge. Paul was asking the weaker Christian why they were judging their fellow believer. Then he asked the stronger Christian why they were looking down on the weaker Christian. Both weak and strong will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and they won't judge each other, but they'll be judged by God. The judgment seat of Christ is the place where Christians will have their works, their deeds, judged by God, and it has nothing to do with our sins since Jesus has already paid for them on the cross so they can't be held against us anymore. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15 says, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So here, Paul is comparing our ministries, you know, everything that we do for the Lord with the building of a temple. If we build with cheap materials, then the fire will burn them up. But if we use lasting precious materials, then our works will actually last. So how does the Christian prepare for the judgment seat of Christ anyway? And that's by making Jesus Christ the Lord of their life and faithfully obeying him. Obviously, it's important to use discernment and judge in the right way when it comes to our fellow believers. But what's more important is that we had better judge our own lives properly and make sure that we ourselves are ready to meet Jesus at the judgment seat. I do want to add here also that the fact that our sins will never be brought up against us should not encourage us to intentionally disobey God. Sin in our lives keeps us from serving Jesus as we should completely, and this means loss of reward. The man Lot 
in Genesis chapter 18 and 19 is a really great example of this and definitely check out his story if you haven't already. And that's where I want to leave it today. Paul couldn't stress this enough, so I'm repeating it one more time. Make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life authentically, realistically, practically, and let him be the Lord in the lives of other Christians as well. As Christians, let's try and learn to disagree without being disagreeable. When Jesus is Lord, we allow him to deal with his own people as he wishes. And so I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the next one, we'll be reading chapter 14 verses 13 to 23, and it's about how as Christians, we should seek to edify, teach, and build up each other in the faith. So I really hope that you'll tune in for that. And I really hope that you have a great rest of your day. Bye everyone.